when I was a child, I used to work on the streets. Uh, one day that I remember that when I went back home, so we were very poor and then we couldn't afford any food. So that, that was so, so difficult that time. I, I worked, although I, have, I had a disability, uh, which I didn't know about, but I, was, I had to still work because uh, we were many people in the family and then my father uh, actually, he uh, got paralyzed for one month and then after that he couldn't recover well. Uh, so we had to continue working. Stick Your Neck Out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. Welcome to the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. It's me again, Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Duragnona. And my guest today, like I promised in the last podcast, is Nemat, a 2021 Cantari participant. He's also the founder of Stretch More, an organization with a mission to challenge the stigma, pity and victimization of persons with disabilities. Stretch More empowers them with skills that help them to survive in crisis situations through sports, leadership, survival and problem-solving skills. Nematula hails from Afghanistan and because in interviews with international media he had occasionally expressed his anger about the situation prevailing there, he cannot return for the time being. Welcome back, Nemat. Last week we were talking about your homeland. An interesting aspect of the news covering the situation in Afghanistan is the lack of information about the impact this conflict has on people with disabilities. If you follow up, it is almost as if there were no people with disabilities in your country, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, um, um, most of the time I ask myself, what would I do in a crisis situation, be it man-made or natural? And then the fact that the media has totally forgotten about about people with disability in Afghanistan, and uh, I have talked to um, DW and Deutsche Welle, and uh, with another um, media, uh, another magazine in the US called In These Times. Uh, well, um, those are the the ones that I know people talk about disability. Only uh, after that. Uh, I heard that Save the Children also, uh, you know, talked about uh, uh, children who are being maimed or killed every five hours in Afghanistan. Um, and uh, actually, we are being forgotten. Like even in in the, in the airport, that you could see people are running. So where, or, like, they were running to to go. At least they were managing to to, you know, to go there. But what would people with disability do? those who are using wheelchairs, how will they go, those who are blind? And um, yeah, so it, it makes us totally invisible, as if we have never been there. Been there. But why? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, well, uh, I would say that uh, people still uh, don't believe in, in uh, uh, like they, they treat in a way, in, a, in traditional ways. They think that, you know, this is uh, this has nothing to do like people with disability have nothing to do with you know with surviving with 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 political situations they think that uh, they they should just you know they should be helped but uh, that should not be the case we should be able to help ourselves instead of uh, being helped yeah, definitely uh, so the the problem is the mindset yeah the, the mindset that uh, 
Uh, even I mean, so my question even to the media would be why people why the media have forgotten about people with disability, and uh, actually they they should respond. Let's say BBC or. <laughs> Yeah, let's say I, I I can't answer that questions, uh, of course. But I think the problem is that the, you don't want to show that you have uh, that you are not strong enough because a lot of people think that people with disabilities are not strong enough, which is uh, totally silly. Exactly, it is actually I would call it discrimination. Yes, that's the word. Of course, um, be it you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so discriminated and then being marginalized are the are the main. Uh, And also, you know, uh, trying to hide, trying to, you know, uh, get away from the public and trying to, to be in, in the corner of the house and then not, not going out, not going out of the comfort zone and not even exploring the options that what, although you are disabled, what could you do? And these are the, the, the reasons that, uh, uh, that I would say we become, uh, invisible. Yeah. Mm, it is indeed. Can you can you please describe the everyday barriers that people with disabilities face in Afghanistan? Well, the first one is mobility and uh, orientation. Um, the people with disability, uh, even before the Taliban government, um, the roads are not accessible. The the schools are not accessible. The universities um, are not accessible. Uh, I studied in, in different schools and in government and private schools. And for me, government, uh, like these schools have never been accessible. And uh, the, the other problem is, of course, uh, uh, when people with disability, they uh, don't try to come out. And uh, uh, also uh, the other reason, uh, the, the other aspects of life would be that uh, they are not given much opportunities or they don't try creating opportunities for themselves. Uh, and uh, actually we, uh, the other problem that we face is that uh, uh, even from our families, like even the, the families, they would not uh, believe in us that what you could do and what you could not do. So that's the day-to-day -day life, uh, if we see from that point. Yeah, that's um, it's really sad. For Nemat, for 21 years, you lived with a disability you didn't know about. How is that even possible? Uh, well, <laughs> because we, we, like um, in Afghanistan, whenever I went to a doctor, um, they would just give me, you know, medication. They would say you would be fine. Uh, of course, muscular dystrophy is a very rare disease. Um, and so, um, I did it for 21 years, yeah. And that's, that's actually very, uh, unusual for me too. <laughs> that, you know, I don't know what am I, uh, what am I, you know, having, uh, what type of disability I have. Uh, and, uh, and not suffering, but what type of disability I had. And, uh, uh, It was in 2016 that one of my friends from Singapore, he was, uh, he was working in one of the NGOs in Kabul. And then he uh, talked to me and he asked me, do you want to talk about your health condition? I said, why not? And then uh, he said that it might be muscular dystrophy. And then, um, but then I, I was helped with another foreign NGO 
in, uh, with another international injury to fly to Delhi uh, and to be diagnosed uh, just for diagnosis I came to Delhi in India okay. uh, and then that was the time which I learned that mus- I have muscular dystrophy which does not have cure at all uh, in the whole planet and first I was like you know uh, so sad I, I, it, it, it actually broke me and then uh, but now I know what we need you know we need uh, mobility skills we need uh, uh, confidence to help ourselves we need um, we need to get out of our comfort zone we need to you know break the barriers and then lead even in crisis and also be in a position to help others because people with disability they have enormous potential that they could help uh, people around us totally uh, yeah and mm, i have seen a lot of people with disabilities who have done great things and uh, me too yeah, uh, yeah so uh, even myself i um, maybe uh, when i before kandari i would i felt that okay i had a disability and then you know uh, kind of kind of suffering but then after actually being sensitized about myself through the kandari course and then and now i uh, I, don't, I don't feel that i'm suffering it means like it is actually you know a way that that's how I am and then I came in, in terms with myself and then coming to accept it and then which is a, which is actually amazing respect for that how was then um, growing up like yeah uh, actually yeah um, I myself uh, I was a was a difficult child uh, and then uh, uh, as long as I can recall uh, so when I was working on the streets in Kabul um, so people who were crossing or people who might just you know just walking and then they would look at me some of the children uh, that time told me that you know uh, look at this guy he's he's planning to dance or something the way he's walking and then uh, oh. also uh, my family Kids my, can be really bad <laughs> yeah and then uh, my really fa- insensitive <laughs> that's true uh, so my uncle uh, and his family my own family like the relatives they never believed in 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 me uh in especially i there is a funny incident that uh, i can recall so uh, my uncle had a white donkey and then he never let me uh, ride his donkey so one day i convinced this guy and then uh, he let me uh, ride his donkey and then while I was on the donkey, so I felt very good. I said, okay, I was thinking, okay, this, that's it. I'm going to do it. And then uh, that was the time when my uh, oldest uh, cousin, he took the whip and then beat the poor animal. And then they, uh, I, was, I was feeling good, but until then, uh, suddenly I felt, you know, that I, I was feeling scared that what's going to happen. So I grabbed the saddle very tight and then I was... Uh, very uh, attached to the donkey and then and the the, uh, the donkey was uh, was going slowly and then my cousin landed another whip and then now it got very wild the, the donkey and then oh, it, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was running uh, so I was so scared and then uh, when the donkey tried to jump over um, a, a, a small pond a small uh, stream uh, so I fell down 
and then uh, before falling down so i still remember that you know everything went silent and then uh, i could see the clouds <laughs> and then i could see the 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 sky very blue and then suddenly i fall in the ground <laughs> and then uh, oh. and then um after i i got up uh, i'm not standing up but after i got up and just sat there and then i saw that my cousins were running towards me so i felt a relief mm. and then um, they kept running until they they passed me uh, so apparently they were yeah. running to, to catch the donkey <laughs> not to help me at that <laughs> Oh my god. I <laughs> yeah. I thought they were running to 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 help you. That's what I thought too. But what I thought too, but <laughs> but then I was wrong and then, so that's how I mean sometimes it can be funny the memories but then that time I felt very bad and because I really needed yeah. someone to to you know to help me to get up and then go back home. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh my god. Oh my god. So you already said you are suffering from muscular dystrophy and I almost really say I, I I think I told you that before it's amazing that you are making an ability of your disability um so you want this disease to be the main focus on of your future projects stretch more and stretch more is a mobile empowerment parkour in which uh, we I mean in which the people with disability can empower our, uh, yourself through survival skills, entrepreneurship, leadership, and sports activities. What does STRETCH stand for? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, just to, to correct something that I said uh, before, so uh, I was suffering. Uh, I mean, there is there is a time that people with disability, they might suffer from the beginning, but now I don't. So I call it, I have a disability. Yeah, right. Uh, so... I was thinking that about the name of Stretchmore, my future, uh, um, you know, organization. Um, so um, for me, Stretchmore is standing for, uh, you know, for helping people to like to empower people with disability to survive in natural and man-made disasters. Uh, so the word, the word stretch, like the letters, they stand for. Uh, for uh, There is also an abbreviation, and um, so yeah, it's an acronym, right? Yeah, it's an acronym which stands for you know um, strengthening, strengthen, train, reach, expand, uh, to catalyze harmony. Uh, so ah, okay. Yeah, uh, so um, the the focus of stretch more is uh, uh, on the skills knowledge and tools that can be given to the people with disability uh, to survive natural and man-made disaster and also to lead a life with uh, dignity. Mm. I see, I understand. Yeah, I imagine, I mean, you, you said you, you focus on, on, on uh, natural disasters. Uh, why uh, Why specific natural disasters? Uh, well, um, the place where I am right now in Kerala, South uh, South India. Um, so this place is, uh, you know, uh, uh, prone to floods. And then uh, there are times that people with disability, they are totally clueless that what would happen like uh, in a flood or let's say in, in a in a earthquake or in fire they they become clueless and then people are expecting the government and other organizations to come and help them instead my I, my idea is that 
if we have the skills and the tools and the knowledge, we could we would not need people's help. Of course, there are some people with disability that they cannot move, but but yeah. but most of us we can. Like uh, we just need need to know how, and uh, that's that that should be the main focus, and which is the main focus. And uh, there are many examples that how people with disability they totally solve a problem in a very completely new way. Uh, for example, in 9-11 attack in the North uh, Tower, there was uh, one blind person with his uh, guide dog. Uh, his name is Michael Hingsen and his dog's name is Roussel. Uh, so uh, he was guided by Roussel uh, to evacuate the building uh, because, you know, the dogs, they, they can help to, to evacuate. And then yeah. because, he, because he was blind and then uh, he couldn't see the chaos. And so he just followed the dog. And then people uh, who knew that, that there's a, a guide dog and then uh, that these people are very calm, they are evacuating, so they followed. So dozens of people followed Roussel and Michael, who was blind. And then now today they are alive. Amazing. Yeah, how, ima- how yeah. amazing is that? Um, but of course, there are yeah. incidents that, that we uh, cannot, like, we don't know what to do. For example, one of my friends uh, uh, from Nepal, her name is Shrishti. So when there was an earthquake, uh, everybody left, and then she was left in the room alone, not knowing what to do. And that's the gap that Stretchmore is going to address. And besides that, you not only want to, to work with people with disabilities, the project would also work on children's education and empowerment of women. Am I correct? Well, Stretchmore is mainly focused. I mean, the, the priority for us is to help people with disability to survive. But then we have other programs as well. Like, let's say, let's say uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, so, you know, the the idea of entrepreneurial skills will give us, you know, freedom to make choices. Will uh, Having our own income means that we uh, can contribute to ourselves, to the family. We cannot be burdened. And then how eye-opening would it be for our parents to see and to, for people that we contribute to the family's income. Uh, and then we take care of our, our parents in their old age and then support our children to go to school just with uh, having a skill, an entrepreneurial skill. Um, but of course, the main focus is on survival. Okay, I see, I see. That's why one of the first activities you have designed at uh, Cantalis Life Saving Camp in 2022 for the blind and physically disabled. How did you come up with this idea? Uh, well, uh, so Kerala, uh, this state of India, is prone to floods. And then um, if we have... Uh, if we know how to swim, and if we have, uh, uh, okay, let's let me uh, first let me explain the swimming. So, if we know swimming, there are type of floods when the water level comes up. There are times that you can save yourself. But of course, when the stream of a flood is very fast, even not people without disability they cannot survive. Mm-hmm. But there are times that we can really survive, and I think it's worth uh, trying. And uh, uh, there are. Uh, and then in one of the other challenges in flood times is that uh, people face uh, people face shortage of water, drinking water. Um, but it, but it's very easy if you know how to filter water. Uh, so you can actually 
help a lot of people. And if you have first aid uh, uh, knowledge, you can help uh, people. If they, some people, if they get cardiac uh, arrest, if they are heart, you know, if they get a heart attack, or if they, if they get a snake bite, or let's say if they have an injury. Uh, so it's very simple to solve the problem uh, and uh, also um, it will shift uh, I mean having the knowledge of swimming and the, the first aid training will shift the mindset of people from uh, uh, something that they have lived for many years uh, for example uh, when you when a person with disability helps another person uh, and then here comes the mindset shift that you know, people with disability, they are not only there to be helped, but they are they are there to help. And uh, yeah, people, of course, they can help yeah. people, other people. Yeah, so that's <laughs> uh, that's the, 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 the mindset that you know the mindset behind this is that um, it, it should change. It, it needs change, otherwise, um, people with disability in floods they will drown, and then nobody will care about them. Uh, but instead, if they are empowered, they can uh, help others and themselves at the same time. So I guess you are a good swimmer. Uh, yes, actually, here in Kandari campus, um, it, they have a beautiful lake access. Uh, they have access to a beautiful lake. And then, um, so I learned swimming uh, within a week. Uh, so. Oh, yeah. But you learned then last year. You, you learned how to swim last year. Yes, just let's say seven months ago. So I learned it within a week and then one type of one style of swimming, which is called backstroke. And then I learned the breaststroke. Uh, so now I know two, two styles of swimming. And if somebody, uh, let's say, if somebody uh, is about to drown, I can actually interfere and help and then save the person. And that's, yeah, that's uh, my dream that uh, everyone should be, like, all the people with disabilities should be able to do that, to save their own life and save others' life too. Yeah, it's a beautiful thought. So at Scratch More, you want uh, to empower people with a parkour. So um, can you please tell me a bit more about the empowerment parkour you plan to use as part of your project? How can I picture it? Uh, parkour actually means to move from point A to point B. And uh, um, if you have seen people, you know, who are jumping between the buildings from one building to another. Yeah. And then yeah. making yeah, big jumps. Uh, that's, you know, that's that's very high level of parkour. But um, basically the, the idea of parkour is to move from one point to another. Uh, and uh, if we empower people with disability, they will move. And if we give them a chance, if we give ourselves a chance, uh, so we can actually we can empower, we can uh, move without people's help. And that's um, that's what it means in my dictionary that you know empowerment parkour is okay. is a tool that uh, would help us to. Uh, you know, uh, move from one situation to another. For example, let's say swimming, this camp that is right now I'm having, uh, uh, that I'm organizing. So uh, 
like moving from one situation to another before swimming and after swimming if we th think about it so before swimming um it's just you know you don't know swimming but after that if you know once so it will not only help you to survive but it will also give you confidence it will uh give you uh it, that it will kill the fear the fear of water even the non-disabled people they 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 do have the fear of water and that's the yeah. whole idea behind empowerment program. Okay, no, so I was actually thinking about or picturing like like a huge hall with a lot of like different um, things where you can jump or roll down and up and this kind of stuff. So that's what that's that was my 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 image of of. Um, of this parkour you you're planning to to do yes uh, that's i mean technically that is true um and uh, uh, yeah so in our dictionary um it means to be able to move from one not only from one point to another but from one situation to another like we should not remain in one situation we need we need change so we we have to always move we need to keep moving <laughs> i see i see so you said once, um, we, the disabled, face the situation of being helpless daily in countries going through civil war, earthquakes, storms and floods. Wherever there is a crisis, we have only limited possibilities. We can duck down, hide and might be forgotten. Have you seen yourself in such a situation? Uh, yes, I have seen once uh, when there was an avalanche back home. Uh, so uh, I was a kid. I didn't know about my disability. And then uh, everybody, uh, my father uh, told everybody to, we have to leave the house because an avalanche was coming. It was not a big one, but it was dangerous. And then uh, I saw that everybody was was running. And then my my father, uh, they he grabbed me and then somehow dragged me to a to a, to a <laughs> point uh, where it was safe. Uh, so that's how I say that we become helpless. In, in in such situation um but uh, i i can imagine you know back then when i was living in afghanistan the situation was was rather uh good but now mm, uh, i would see that you know uh, people with disability are really he helpless mm. yeah and uh, and uh, some of the agencies should really divert their focus from uh, to to people with to this area to disability. Yeah, and I imagine, you, of course, you want the situation to change. So you have also said that you have to survive by taking your safety into your own hands. Yeah. Um, this is why you created Stretch More in the first place, right? Yes, that is true. So, um, Nemat, usually after all of you finish the Kantari Leadership Program, you go back to your country and start working on your projects, but you can't go back home. So, where does this situation leave your project? Uh, well, uh, uh, actually, until the until April, um, until we finish the course, we can conduct pilot projects and we can uh, do some of some of the activities that the course require requires. And I can do that uh, under um, other organizations like Kandari, let's say. Um, because my course is not yet finished so if i want to graduate the course i have to be able to to do a pilot project which is this camp um, 
life saving camp. But still, you can't go back home. So, uh, what are you planning to do? Yeah, I got, I got the question. Uh, well, um, <laughs> um, of course, my first plan should be uh, to be in a place where I can register my organization and where I can start uh, activities, and then I can be able to, uh, I can be able to move around the world and. Uh, I mean, uh, in disaster areas where I can, you know, uh, develop the idea uh, of survival. Um, so my my other plan is that if I cannot return back home after a few months, then I will start uh, my organization here in India. I would register uh, here, yeah, or any other countries. I would register and start working. Yeah, I see. I mean, it's it's uh, maybe it's not uh, the best deal, but it's at least something. Yes, I true. guess. Yeah, that's really sad. I mean, the situation back then is is really sad, and uh, I hope I really hope you find your uh, way uh, to go back soon. Nemat, decades of war and bombs blast in Afghanistan have caused poverty, child labor, and disabilities. Personally, you were affected by all three of them. Can we talk a little bit about your childhood? Like you were selling cigarettes, you become disabled, or you realize you are disabled? Uh, well, um, yes. Um, uh, when I was a child, I used to work on the streets, and then after, later I used to work on on um, uh, like on other fields. Like uh, when I started schooling again, uh, so I skipped grade four and five, so I came directly to grade six. Uh, and I was still working and um, uh, one day that I remember that when I went back home so we were very poor and then we couldn't afford any food um, for one day I remember and uh, so that, that was so, so difficult that time and uh, I was actually affected by all three yes that's true so that's um, my childhood that I, I worked, although I have I had a disability, uh, which I didn't know about, but I was still, uh, I had to still work because uh, we were many people in the family and then my father, uh, actually he uh, got paralyzed for one month and then after that he couldn't recover well, uh, so we had to continue working oh. with my brother as well. Okay, and where do you get the cigarette from? Like being a child? Well, um, so um, we went with other child labor, child laborers, and so we went to other. So there is always uh, a place where uh, you know you can go with an with an adult, and then you can buy it, and then you can put it on your um, on on the street wherever you sell, or you can hold on your hands and then uh, go around the, the city to sell. So that's how we get. We get from a from a from a place where uh, they import they import from other countries. Okay, I see. <laughs> that's uh, really hard. So, what do you know about your family today? How are they managing? Have you or your family ever been in touch or directly threatened by the Taliban before? Uh, well, not directly. And uh, my family in, in Pakistan, they are actually being helped with, uh, by my brother. Uh, so also my uncle is uh, my uncle also moved there recently. Uh, so I mean, one of my uncles and they are living with my uncle right now. 
Could you describe concretely what it means for a family in Afghanistan with members who live with disabilities to live there these days? Well, you know, um, actually, the, the problem that I myself have faced, although I was born in a family where, you know, we had, like, we used to crack joke all the time. And then, um, but then there are, of course, um, you know, people unknowingly, they discriminate. And uh, even within the, the family, they, they do not believe uh, what a person with disability can do. And uh, for myself, uh, uh, they have always thought that I should be helped. They always thought that I really need, uh, you know, I, I really uh, am the person who should be helped all the time. But that was not the case. Uh, so, yeah, like um, they say not believing in us, not not letting us to take risk, not letting us to uh, to lead by to live by ourselves uh, uh, or not to not to play with others and then always uh, trying to take you to a doctor uh, without you know without having um, a second thought that you know maybe the doctor is not needed but maybe this maybe this uh, uh, person with disability can do that or this uh, so that's the, the type of um, thing that I face in my community. In relation to Stretch More, your organization, do you expect to be able to begin your work on the ground in Afghanistan at some point, someday? Uh, I hope so. And uh, I mean, if, if there is an opportunity, so why, uh, why not going back home? And then uh, no other place can be our home. And uh, yes, I... I firmly believe and I hope that I will go back and start stretch more there. And I hope that too. But Thank you. what does it mean co concretely to begin? Does it mean you have to work with the local authorities or even the national authorities like the Taliban? Oh, oh okay, okay. I get the question now. Uh, so, yes, um, and the, we have to register. Like, I have to register stretch more and then I have to work with the local community uh because in my place also the local community plays an important role um so yes and okay local uh, community local government and being registered uh, to a department these three things of the technicalities yeah but do you think it's going to be easy for you being a person with disability trying to work with people with disability in afghanistan that the Taliban will be open to uh, cooperate and to help you? Uh, well, um, that could be a bit tricky because, uh, you know, my idea has changed toward disability, but still people's idea didn't change. And, uh, but, but, but I will, I will uh, ask people's help. I would, I would ask my friends uh, to help me in registration and, you know, uh, also, to if if I build a good bond, a good rapport with the community, then uh, I wouldn't. I don't think there would be a problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thinking positive is really important. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Nimat, in your application to the Kantari Leadership Program, you wrote about hard times. I will replace them with experiences because they were lessons. Lessons that one day I knew would be helpful. 
what kind of experiences are you talking about? Well, um, uh, this is a good question. And uh, so when I was in school, uh, I was trying to get, you know, trying to, to be the first person in the class to have the first position. So in my seventh grade, I got the third position and eighth grade, I got the second and ninth, I got the first. But then I was thinking that what has changed actually? Uh, and nothing has changed because I was just getting positions, <laughs> the places in the class, but uh, I was good at academics. Um, but then um, when I was thinking that, okay, what type of life I want to lead, uh, although I have a disability, then I thought, okay, education will open a door for me, uh, which, which actually it did. Uh, although um, I'm not a big fan of education system, but then <laughs> it kind of helped. And uh, the experiences of, you know, being uh, uh, kind of bullied and also uh, people making fun of me, uh, those experiences actually uh, um, have... Uh, have uh, I use this experience uh, to be a motivation for me uh, to work uh, hard actually and um, uh, there is a good saying that I heard from the founders of Kandari and there's a Chinese proverb which says uh, uh, when the winds of change blow uh, some people build walls and others build windmills um, which is really powerful. So we need to learn how we can actually turn around the situation and then use it for, for, a, for a good cause. In this same application you wrote, today is the day to use all those wisdom and lessons, go further and stroll against all odds. How are you planning to do that? Let the people out there listen in the part of how you imagine the ideal development of your project. Uh, Well, uh, I believe examples are powerful. Um, if I can uh, show the people what I, what type of background I have, they would believe in me. Um, so let's say the example of swimming. Uh, I can everyone, everywhere I can proudly say that, oh, I learned swimming within a week. Can you learn it? <laughs> just, just uh, you know, just proudly saying it. And that's a good example that uh, that people actually uh, listen to examples. And uh, I would do a pilot project in swimming and first aid training and uh, um, other projects as well. Um, so then uh, people people will listen to examples. I believe. Yeah, I believe that too. So, what are your words for our community out there? What do you want to leave them as the last message? Uh, well, um, uh, I would say that we have people with disability uh, that we need to keep moving. And uh, uh, this is not going to be easy. And then coming out of the comfort zone is not really easy. But once you come out, it's going to be enriching. The, the journey can be bumpy and then there will be a lot of challenges. There will be, uh, you know, what worst challenge, what worst challenge a person with disability would face if 
he is away, for example, me, if he's away from home, uh, from the family, and then cannot return back home, and then not having a lot of opportunity, and then dealing with mental health uh, issues, uh, it is challenging, it is bumpy, but I believe that uh, it is enriching too, because it makes us uh, strong. Yeah, and there, there is a yeah, there is a beautiful poem by Rupi Kaur. Uh, he says that uh, the world gives you too much pain, but here you are making gold out of it, and there is nothing purer than that. So I believe that we should actually make start making golds. <laughs> 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 so let's uh, go outside and make some gold. Thank yeah. you. Thanks uh, thanks a lot Nemat for for your time. It was really uh, really nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much Emperor. And there we are at the end of the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. You'll find the stories of the Kantari alumni and the giraffe heroes, the stories of people sticking their necks out every Tuesday in Spotify iTunes, our homepage, and every other place where you get your podcast. And if you subscribe, you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. Dear listeners, if there is a friend, a family member, an organization, or someone you know who is doing a great work in the community, someone sticking the neck out, just nominate them as a giraffe hero or tell us about them. Come and visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguilar-Durañona and I hope you join us also on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. But more importantly, I hope you join us again next week. Stick Your Neck Out The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation 